Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, welcome back to Money in the Air, the podcast about neighboring rights brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. Today, we have a very special guest for you, who I'll mention in a moment, because today's topic is questions from artists. With me today, as always, is Tanya Oliveira and Naomi Asher from IFR. Our special guest today is Heather Small, the voice of M People, just in case you didn't know. Hi, Heather. Hey, how you doing? Thanks, <laughs> you all right? Yes, thank you. Good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Pleasure You're... to be here. Thank you. So what's on your mind? What don't you understand about neighboring rights? Ask me a question. Okay. Uh, first one. So I'm already a PRS member. Does that cover me for PPL too? Ah, Tanya, you want to handle that one? Oh, yeah, that does not cover you for PPL. So excellent that you're a PRS member. That covers you for songwriting and your publishing. However, PPL deals with your performance on a recording, whether you are a featured member of M People, for example, or you sessioned with other artists as a backing vocalist, for example. They are not related. They're totally separate. So you need to join PRS and PPL. Well, will a record company ensure that I'm linked as a featured performer on M People recordings? Everybody laugh. What do you think, Naomi? No, no, they won't. I mean, the record label registers recordings and they, you know, insert the label copy. But a couple of things. First of all, it's only recently since about 2015, 2016, that there's been any requirements for PPL for the label to have detailed performer information. Prior to that, there was no requirement on that front. So you'll find that a lot of pre-2015, 2016 recordings, really, they don't have a huge amount of information because there was no requirement to include it. Now there is, but anything older, no. And then and then you have the album version, which usually doesn't include the majority of information because it usually is pretty accurate right from the label copy. But then when you have all the remixes and re-records and the samples and the live performance, none of that tends to have any information or they have very limited information. Unless you are actively updating your PPL or you have a representative that is doing that for you, then you often find that you are not automatically connected to most of your recordings. Obviously, you know, if you're a member of PPL directly, then you just need to be vigilant about checking to make sure that you're actually connected to everything you should be on. And the the tricky thing is also samples is, you know, making sure that you're on all of the, the samples that you should be on as well. So for instance, when you were with M People and you performed as a featured artist. I wasn't a featured artist, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. What were you band. considered? I'm a, I was a band member. Did you sign a recording agreement to be part of the band? Yes. With the record label? Yes. That makes you a featured contracted performer? And is it entitles you to a bigger piece of the pie of the neighboring rights royalty. So the record label should have registered the recordings as rights holder. And then you, as a performer, go in and claim the recordings for your singing lead vocals. If you played an instrument as well, you would also claim as an instrumentalist. If you did your background vocals as well, you would also claim as a background vocalist. Every audible contribution you made 
on the recording, you should have an extra piece of the pie for it. Not every territory pays for all roles. They'll only pay for the first and the biggest, but some countries do. So that's why you want to include everything. And also if you re-record anything, so your re-recording restriction under your record agreement has expired mm -hmm. and you re-record Proud and you own that recording, then you're the rights holder and you have to go in and register it and then claim for yourself as a performer. And if somebody samples your vocals, they trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they are in my book. But what you go and you play the sample and then you go and claim the new song. And depending upon the clearance, I as a lawyer would say that you only give them the license for the uncleared sample if they include you as a featured performer on the new track. Say the new track is called One, Two, Three. Whereas if you don't have that in the sample clearance license, you only get non-featured performer, which is a tiny percent. So you want the bigger piece of the pie. Cool. <laughs> so did that clear it up for you? Thank you. Bringing it right back. Do you have another question? Yes, I do. If PRS and PPR are separate, why is there the joint license? Girls, okay. who wants to take that one? <laughs> no, I mean, you, 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 yeah, you were talking about this recently. <laughs> so basically, PRS does publishing. PPL does neighboring rights. Now, if you own Pie Caramba in Winchester and you need to get a license to play music, you don't want as a shop holder to have to go to PRS and PPL. You, you know, that is kind of annoying because, you know, you get one license and then you maybe have to wait before you get the other. But in order to play music in public, you need to get permission from both sides, the sound recording side and the publishing side. So the joint venture functions to allow the licensee to go to one place. If I own a hair salon or a gym or pie caramba and I want to get a license to play music in public in my restaurant or hair salon or whatnot, I only need to go to that joint venture. I can buy the license from them and then they divvy the money up so that PRS gets its share and PPL gets its share. So the end user has less to do and that is meant, and it, it does, it encourages more people to get all the permissions they need because before the joint venture, people didn't always know they needed to go to two places. So maybe they just went to PRS or maybe they just went to PPL. And then if you asked them a question, they'd be like, but I got permission. And I was like, well, no, you only got permission from this, but you also need this. And the joint venture just consolidates that so that the end user has a single place to go. They can pay a lump sum and they can play their music in their shop or whatever. But separately then on the back end, that music is divided. Sorry, the money is divided. Some goes to <laughs> sound recording and some goes to the publishing. So the joint venture has nothing to do with the artist. The joint venture is just to make it simpler for the licensee to play music in public. Here's something you have to keep in mind. It can't ever be the same. Because publishing is PRS and recordings are PPL, writers don't always appear on their recordings. Mm -hmm. Some songwriters just write songs. So, and some performers don't write songs at all. So they have to be separate. And the other thing you need to know about why you need to be registered with both is because your songs cannot be considered for sync in the UK for the blanket license, unless they're registered with both. And what I mean by that is BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Channel 5, they can go to PRS, um, PPL, and CPS, and say what songs are available on the blanket license for me to use in a TV show. Mm -hmm. And then they can use any song that they want and without limit, any number of songs. But you won't be on that list unless you're registered at both places and at MCPS, which your publisher will take care of if you happen. So that's why you need to do both. One, so you collect all the money that you've mm -hmm. earned. And two, so you can earn more. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, great point, Stacey. 
it's so important because uh, when me and Nam used to work at Wixen together, there'd be uh, the odd music supervisor that would be like, we really want to use this particular track that you publish, but we can't find it on PPL's database, which again, separate to publishing. And they were like, we cannot use the track in the, in the TV program. And then we'd have to get involved and chase them and be like, who owns the master? Do you own the master? You need to register it at PPL. It's so important, yeah, to get paid and to get used. I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. If you have more questions, please come back another day. You're welcome. I know you will. You're so lovely. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Remember, go to www.ifr.co.uk and click on that Join Now button. Become a member and all the podcasts, all our seminars, all our fact sheets, they're in the member section and you'll have full access to them and access to us. You'll be able to email us and ask us any questions that you have. Thanks for listening. Bye.